You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. If you'd like to contact the show, um, send an email to our to our letter bag or our comment bag or whatever you're supposed to call it, our mail bag. There we go at let's talk Torah at gmail.com. That's let's talk Torah at gmail.com, and I will answer as many questions as I can. And Purim is now behind us, and now we're getting ready for the Passover holidays. So many things to get ready for Passover, and we here and NRM Streamcast are also going to get ready for Passover because over the next couple weeks, I will make sure to do a mock Seder, which means a practice Seder. So for those who want to get familiar, what's supposed to happen, what's important, what we can gloss over. So I'm going to do a special show. It'll come up in a couple weeks. And just to give you a heads up, that's something coming on the horizon, something really important that hopefully will help a whole bunch of us. As much as I would like to ignore current events, because a lot of you listen because you want to forget about what's happening in the world, um, we can't ignore the coronavirus. It is here. It is happening. Everybody's talking about it. And I will put in my two cents. First of all, wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Um, I was in a home with um, people I study with. They're both in their 90s. And I actually said, I said, Dorothy, um, if you want, maybe we should take off a week or two just till things settle down, till everyone's healthy. And she said, yeah. She said, let's take a week off. Let's play it by ear. Let's see what's happening. So the world is talking about it. We have to be careful. We have to be safe. We have to be smart. We have our wipes here in the studio. Very important to clean everything down if you ran out of Purell. But here's my 15 seconds of just uh, my take, which is probably different than most people. And that is, you know, we just finished the Purim holiday and lots of jokes that people were dressed up in masks and all kinds of masks and face masks and those doctor masks. And um, here's my take. God is looking at the world and sometimes we say, I'm smarter than God, I can protect myself, I got my doctors, I got my hospitals. So God sends a message and he says, I'm in control. This is not a pleasant virus. Hopefully there won't be too many casualties. There are people dying. It's not a plague. It's not a plague. But at the same time, God just wants to remind us, a little poke, a little reminder that God could just send the virus wherever he wants and do something about it. And we can't do anything about it. So we need to know we need to rely on God. We need God to protect us. We need God to take care of us. And some interesting stuff I've seen, and we're going to talk about it in the next show, that maybe God wants something from us. Maybe he wants us to be kinder, to be friendlier, to be more caring. People are going to be homebound. Um, elderly and others won't be able to get around. So maybe they need a phone call, someone to talk to them. 
maybe someone to shop and drop things off. So these are good things to think about in the season. Um, again, what's going to be, only God knows. And therefore, God's going to decide what's going to be. And we are going to get on with the show. So, we are in the Torah portion of Vayakel. Um, the Torah portion of Vayakel is getting into the nitty-gritty of actually building the tabernacle, which is amazing because we talked about the tabernacle a few weeks ago, and then we didn't talk about it last week, but again, the tabernacle comes up, and, and Bitzalel will be the foreman, and he will have an assistant. Bitzalel happens to be from the, the most important tribe, the tribe of Judah, the tribe of Yehuda. Uh, Leov, his second-in-command, is from the lowest of the tribes, the tribe of Dun. And uh, that in itself is just the lesson to make sure we recognize that God doesn't care, most important, least important. If you deserve to be in that position, you got the job. And that's really what I wanted to discuss today. It's fascinating, even the wording of the verses. The wording of the verses is, Kol asher nadva rucham, or libam, anybody whose heart desires will help in the building of the tabernacle. Now, let's, let's take a step back. We've been out of Egypt for a couple months. We've gotten the Torah. Um, we've sinned by the golden calf. Moses prayed. We, we, we just passed the high holiday of Yom Kippur. Moses comes down. He says we got to collect materials, and we got to start building the Mishkan. So, we're coming out of Egypt. But look what the tabernacle needs. We got to build these, these big wooden beams, you know, very precise, all matching. There's going to be little pegs and connections to, to hold all the beams together. We need gold work on the tabernacle itself, on the beams. We're going to cover these beams with beautiful tapestries. Um, and again, there's going to be gold work in there, and, and there's going to be all different colors, and there's going to be pictures double-sided, one, one side will create maybe a lion. One side will create an eagle. And again, people who know how to weave, it seems it's uh, very doable. Again, they were weaving by hand, but very doable um, with a hand loom if you have enough of your up and down little things going up and down, whatever they call those things. And you can make separate pictures at the same time as you're going back and forth. It's not a problem if you're an expert. Um, we're, we're building this, this elaborate menorah with all kinds of designs on it, they write the candelabrum and the showbread table and they even have to create this special bread which is really not bread, it's really unleavened bread and it's going to be um, a couple inches thick and it's going to have walls and even little horns sticking out of the top I, I mean, this is like major super professional bakery stuff, right? This is not for the faint of heart the cherubs are going to have to have their special design, and there's going to be copper work and copper latest work and, and uh, curtains. And, and so now you say, hey, you need some real professional artisans here. Well, let's give a look at the Jewish people. The Jewish people have been bricklayers and bricklayers and bricklayers for the last minimum 86 years. Others say a little longer, but minimum this heavy brickwork was for 86 years. They are slaves. There's no reason that a slave would know how to work with gold, silver, copper, 
carpentry, um, uh, you know, elaborate tapestry work, special bakery stuff. You're all slaves. Who has time to learn to be an artisan? There are no artisans. It always reminds me, I was at an auto show, and I'm making conversation many years ago. And I meet a guy, and I say, oh, what do you do? I'm a friendly person. He says, uh, I pour cement. Oh, pouring cement. Now, I said it's interesting. That's not really very interesting. It's just pouring cement. So I said to him, uh, you ever do anything else? I just pour cement. I said, yeah, that's great, but you ever think of doing anything else? I just pour cement. Right? In other words, he didn't have any other talents. Okay, he poured cement. He probably was very wealthy. But that, that he had no talents. So how exactly did the Jewish people come up with all these artisans to make this beautiful tabernacle? Who? Who? What? Where? How? Calculations. How to do it. What to do. Where? Uh, no Google. You know, nowadays, uh, yeah, I'm actually very proud um, I am now in competition with my son. Um, uh, one of the pipes under the sink got all stuffed up and stuff. And I said, I am not calling a plumber to charge me $175 to unstuff my sink. I just got to get this this hook thing over there off, which, of course, was not easy. I went to Home Depot and bought the pliers, wrong size. And my wife says, don't buy. You can do it by hand. And I'm twisting and who knows what. But I got it off. I cleaned it out. The sink is working. I put it back on. It's not leaking. Amazing. Checked up on Google if I was doing it right, how to do it, what to do. It's all Google nowadays. Great. No Google in the time of the desert when the Jewish people were traveling. So how exactly did they know what to do? So the verse says, Kol asher nodva libam, anybody whose heart donated. And it was God looked inside the person. And if the person really, truly, it was important to the person man or woman, does not matter, and they wanted to be involved in any part of the building, that fact that internally they wanted to build, God gave them all the know-how. Well, all of a sudden, this bricklayer had fingers that could deal with, with the tiniest threads, with gold threads. You ever heard of a gold thread? Or could take care of the carpentry, or take care of the, the silver work, or take care of, uh, of the cherubs, anything. What, where, how, it was all in their brain. All of a sudden, they were massively, massively talented. Why? Because they wanted it. Now, not just, you know, it would really be nice. I wish I could do this. Wishing I could do this, not happening. It has to be that they had a super ability to go to a super desire. So you have all your, you know, there's a lot of guys here on NRM uh, Streamcast will talk about the people have desires and get up there and get off your couch and, and go ahead and do it. Yeah, that's very true. That, that if you want, if you truly want to accomplish something, you have a burn, you have a desire, you could go ahead and do it. You may need people to help you with the skills. But the energy, the confidence, the, the know-how will come from others. You just need the get up and go. But here, it wasn't just you needed the get up and go. You, you needed the skills, right? Where do I get the skills from? That God placed in the hand and mind of anybody who truly wanted to do it. And that is really quite amazing. And that becomes the lesson of this week's Torah portion. That if a person wants to serve God, and he truly desires and wants, God will make it possible. How God will make it possible, I can't tell you. 
that to each his own. I was uh, sitting with a friend today. He's advising us on some major new fundraising ideas. And not a religious person, but he himself said, when you're sitting there raising money, God is standing right next to you. You really want, we'll give you the skills, you will go ahead and you will be fantastically successful, which is our goal and our plan and our new fundraising plans that we're working on now in Yeshiva Starchei Torah. So all amazing stuff. So it reminded me of a story. Um, there was a um, there was a city and a rabbi, and he was in charge of all the charity and stuff. And uh, a message comes to him. There's been somebody in the community who's been kidnapped, and and uh, and these robbers are demanding a huge ransom. And the rabbi gets together with uh, some of the important people in the city, and they say, "Okay, we gotta we gotta go collect money. We gotta we gotta ransom this guy. One of our own has been kidnapped." And um, so they go to the first wealthy guy, and immediately, check comes out, he has the money. Goes to the next guy, check comes out, immediate money. Next one, like the most successful fundraiser ever in his life. So after five or six houses of wealthy people and the money is pouring in, the rabbi tells the leaders with him, says, come back to my house. Go back to the rabbi's house. The rabbi takes out the checks. He says, you are to return each of these checks to the original owner. Then go get me four or five monsters, big, strong guys. We're going to go meet those kidnappers. We're going to threaten them. You'll see the story is over. Sure enough, go out with a couple brawny guys. The kidnappers come. Okay, where's the money? The, out come the baseball bats. The, uh, the robbers are caught, beaten up, and they uh, spill the beans that the person kidnapped had set it up. He had set up his own kidnapping um, with the help of some of these wealthy people to say, let's make the rabbi think we've just given a lot of money and, and everything will go smoothly and, and I'll be ransomed and we'll be able to keep our money and the rabbi thinks we went and raised money and, uh, and the rabbi caught the scheme and he squashed it. So after the whole ordeal, so uh, one of those uh, leaders of the community went to the rabbi and said, how'd you know? How'd you know it was a setup? He says, I've been fundraising for a very long time. There is no such thing as going from house to house to house with open checkbooks, with no hard work, with no pleading, just automatically opening checkbooks and the money flowing like water. Never, ever happens. If it happens, it's not real. If it's not real, it's a setup. That's how I know it was a setup. So here also, the, those people that wanted to put in super effort, they wanted to put in super effort, um, and they, and, but they really wanted to put it in, so God gave them the ability. You have to have the want, you have to have the desire, and then God will help you with the rest. So something I haven't been successful with for a while, Angel, but can we get my poster? Yes! You know, we've changed our format, as many of you know, and I'm doing two short shows. We'll have the shorter one on the Torah portion and a little bit longer with an interview coming up next. I ran out of time for posters. This week, I said, I'm going to get it done. I just may not go in order of the alphabet anymore. I may just pick and choose a letter that fits my topic. So this week, I picked the letter Nun. That's that inverted L. It makes an N sound. Its numerical value is 50. It sounds, it has the N sound. And and the word of this week is Nidava. Nidava means, means to donate it's a donation. It is a gift. 
And that is what we've been discussing today, that all these people were donating to the tabernacle, and some of them were donating their time, right? If I, maybe I don't have the money to give, but maybe I have an ability to help. Look, I'm in an organization. Organizations need both kinds of help. We need financial help, and we need volunteer help. We need both, and almost any organization needs both. You need people on your boards. You need people to give of their time. You need people to give of their expertise. There's all kinds of giving. If you really, truly want to give, there's always organizations that will take you with their hands open. Please come help us. If you don't like one organization, there's always others. We don't give up so fast. We always go ahead and ask for help. And if you can help, it's always a beautiful, amazing thing. So um, one other interesting point as my time is quickly running, we're talking about gifts. So the women gave right away. As soon as Moses says we, um, we're taking donations, the women ran to give their gold and silver. So you should juxtapose it. By the golden calf, the women gave no gold or silver. Here, the women are giving tons of gold and silver. So what do you see? It wasn't that they just give away for no reason. But they understood there's a value in giving and you need to know who to give to and what to give to and what makes sense. And the women understood much better than the men who actually gave both times. And here comes my music. I hope you enjoyed it, short and sweet. Thank you to all wonderful sponsors and listeners. You know, I couldn't do without you. Thank you to my wonderful production team. We got Kelsey, Angel, and Steven in the back. I hope I've left you with some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi Sweet Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NRM Streamcast. And until next time, don't forget to think about it.